There's a strange phenomenon that occurs when one goes to review something as intriguing and overhyped as Loving Vincent. First, you're excited, so you mark your expectations up. Then, aware of your excitement, you mark them down again. Then, not wanting to seem like a hapless sheep, bleating about the magnificence of something based purely on glitzy first impressions, you start scrutinising the piece religiously, not wanting to fall into the trap of actually being seen to like it. Then, finally, you grow conscious of what you're doing and go back to being excited. I'm not sure exactly what stage of that tortured analysis I was in when I eventually sat down and watched Love and Vincent. What I can say is that it is a captivating piece of art that genuinely engages people of all tastes. The premise of Love and Vincent centres around Vincent van Gogh's final weeks in 1890 and the strange, unexplored factors surrounding his alleged suicide, although the film's main drawcard is not its story but its style. Over several months, hundreds of painters created nearly 200 individual paintings, from which they re-sketched over 18,000 individual frames, all in Van Gogh's signature style, of course. The amount of choreography, manpower and time that went into putting together this one film is staggering and impressive in its own right. And I'm pleased to say that they pulled it off. The moving painting effect really is nothing like I've ever seen in cinema before. Characters swirl and swim around a deep, colourful background. Objects sprawl and disintegrate in and out of focus. Characters move with a quick, watery gait. Even the fixed environments themselves appear to vibrate or flow like a river of hues. Some would say that this sensation is similar to animation, but I would contend that it has an even richer base than your average animation, with the swirls and the peaks of the daubs of paint, and even the occasional brush caught in frame, triggering a rush as hundreds of three-dimensional objects literally flash past your face. These are interspersed with black and white flashbacks taken off real photographs, providing a nice change of pace from the straight painted frames. Initially I was afraid it was going to be a gimmick, and it was. But what's wrong with that? If a gimmick is pleasant or useful, why should we condemn it just for being a gimmick? Corn chips, Beethoven and the internal combustion engine were all gimmicks once, and look how far they've come. That said, the reason why I describe it as a gimmick is because the other areas of the film aren't quite as overstated as the art style, which isn't entirely a criticism. Indeed, I actually quite liked how laid back the story was, in a humble, unpretentious sort of way. Granted, there isn't a lot of Van Gogh himself in Loving Vincent, but I respected the bold choice on the part of the writers and appreciate them focusing on just one element. By telling the story through the perspective of a vigilante investigator into Vincent's death, a protagonist so generic that I couldn't even be bothered looking up his name on IMBD, was an effective way of tying together all the loose ends and introducing the minor characters. I'm not sure how real to life these people were, but they were certainly interesting. The bubbly hotel owner, the eccentric town hooligan, and the friendly psychologist who's secretly jealous of Vincent's artistic skill are all distinguishable and memorable. Something interesting happens with the tone, too. At first, it opens like a tribute to the painter, using his more famous pieces as establishing shots, which is very clever, before morphing into a whodunit about the midpoint, and then, when the doctor's introduced, starts toying with the themes of mental illness breeding irrationality. Rather deftly handled, though, never collapsing into a dark noir, but not glazing over the facts, either. I do also want to say a special mention about the end, because I personally was delighted by the way Love and Vincent ended. It was a fitting, brave and fairly unseen direction for a conclusion to take in modern cinema. But nevertheless, without meaning to spoil, I imagine there are going to be a lot of people that are really going to hate this ending. What I admired most about Love and Vincent, though, is it's an uncommon example of a film that had style with substance, rather than the other way around. Preliminarily, they're the breathtaking, mouth-watering visuals that someone of any disposition can enjoy, which is substantially enhanced by a warm and jeering tale with a lot of heart. Sure, the cinematography might be over the top, the story may ramble, and the protagonist is as forgettable as they come, but even so, I guarantee there will be something that will have you loving Vincent. Loving Vincent opened in cinemas on November 2nd.